Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey. Peace, 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 peace. Oh my gosh, so it is my birthday week. I am so excited. You know, 40 has been something. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Born day. Pre-born day. Okay. Yes. Um, So I am going to be turning 40 something. And, Uh. you know, (laughs) I'm excited because my 40s have been amazing, child. As soon as you hit 40, it just got amazing for me. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does get a little different in regards to, um, you know, just the joy I experienced. I'm so excited. I made some new plans. So I will be, you know, traveling a little bit on somebody's beach, you know, on, somebody's beach. <laughs> you know, getting my booty rubbed by somebody's son, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> along that lines. And so that's what that's that's my plans for this week, if you want to show your girl some love, you can hit me up on the cash app, uh, money sign, diamond styles, that's D-I-A-M-O-N-D-S-T-Y-L-Z. Um, I would definitely appreciate it. Well, how was your week? Uh, my week has been chill. Um, apparently, it's President's Day, so I uh, am off of work because there's oh. no mail. When there's no mail, I am off of work. Uh, I like Ooh. that. So... <laughs> So that's you know, at least nice, the presidents though. are good for something. You know, got a little extended weekend in there. Um, but yeah, no, I've been good. It's been chill. Just, you know, regular grind, which is nice. Regular is nice, you know. Regular is nice. It's, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't need no excitement. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm coming to 
you know, I'm coming to the realization that that is sometimes a good thing. Somebody asked mm-hmm. me earlier, he said, how was your day? And I said, oh, it was uneventful. Nothing good, nothing bad. And he said, oh, no. you know, sometimes that's good. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. It is sometimes good. That is nothing good, nothing bad, just regular. I want good. But if it's not good, at least be nothing. Be regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think I'm coming to appreciate days like that. Do you listen to uh, the podcast Getting Grown? You ever listen to them? Getting Grown. What do, what do they talk about? Getting Grown. <laughs> oh, no. But, but when you said about your change of plans, there one of the, their motto is the, it's with Chef Jade and uh, Dr. Kia. But it's they're like our age, Black women. And uh, but their thing is the currency of adapt of a, a uh, of adulting is adaptability, mm. you know. And so I was just, that just popped up for me. We were talking about the change, and it's a fun yeah. podcast. Not it ain't super, you know. It ain't like super deep, you know. You yeah, know it's I mean? fun. It's, it's still a fun podcast, yeah. though. But yeah, but that's their thing: the currency of uh, of adulting is adaptability. That's Are you becoming more adaptable? Can I have a good time? Yeah, yeah. Are you? I like ease. I'm leaning into ease. I'm I'm becoming more adaptable. I'm becoming more. I ain't got time for no fuck shit, so I'm out. (laughs) Is that adapting? Yeah, that's a choice. Yeah. Oh, when I think of adapting, I think of staying in a situation and kind of like like molding to it. You know, you had you had plans. And instead of being like, I'm just gonna not do anything, you said, let me, you know, let me figure this out. I can see that's adapting. That's okay. You know, and you you just piv- made a pivot to still yeah. make sure you had a good time, got, got your needs met in a different kind of way. I'm trying to think of you what know? is something that I can't opt out of that I'm adapting to. I mean, even that, I mean, it'd be, it's little things. It'd be little things, big things. It's like, man, I was gonna I, make this meal and I don't have this. So, <laughs> you know, like, what about you? You know what I'm slow adapting to? Mm-hmm. I'm slow adapting to my brother being an adult. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I feel yeah. like I'm slow adapting to that because he we had a interesting conversation recently mm-hmm. just about sex. Mm-hmm. And it was a very open and honest conversation about sex. And I it, it was a kind con- you know, the kind of you know, when you have good friends, y'all can dish the dirt about mm-hmm. sex in a way that is more open than you know, anybody with your family. Yeah. Like more open with your family. Yeah. You right. can just kind of yeah. kiki and do your thing. And so me and my brother had a convert, a sex conversation like that. Oh. And that's mm-hmm. abnormal for us because, yeah. you know, I raised him. And so I'm almost like mama to him too. And right. Right. big sister. And so it kind of never was, um, it, he was open to tell me if something was up, like if if he needed mm-hmm. to have some sex questions as far as education when he was younger, but just mm-hmm. us openly talking about our sex lives together, that okay. is really rare for us. And mm-hmm. so we had one of those conversations and I was on the phone like, ew, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> like in my brain, I, my brain was doing that, but my mouth wasn't doing it. I didn't want him to feel awkward. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just let him talk, 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 talk. And he was just telling me, you know, some of his sexcapades coming up when he started having sex, which I did not know that he was having sex as early as he was. <laughs> of course not. And right. 
you know, just different things. And I'm like, do I want to hear this conversation? No, but I don't want my brother <laughs> to feel weird about um, talking to me. Right. So I just kind of right. listened, um, shared some of my thoughts on what he was what he was talking about and, you know, share some of my experience. It was an interesting conversation, but I guess I'm, I'm a, I can't opt out of my brother. <laughs> Not that that would be right, something super right. negative to opt out, but opting, adapting to him becoming an adult and me really settling into respecting him as a man. Mm -hmm. Not that I did that I disrespected him, but just like, oh, my God, my brother is actually a 30 something year old man. He is not a little boy that I want him to stay a little sweet little boy in my brain. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. he is literally a grown man with two children and a woman. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I have nieces and nephews that, you know, it's just where it's like, I saw you be born. Why why do you have children? <laughs> this is yes, that's what's crazy. I'm like, I saw you come out of my mama's cuckoo. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm exactly, like, oh, exactly. what is going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. 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 I guess yeah. I'm adapting to that. My other brother's the middle one. He's the he's uh-huh. older than my younger brother, but he he has a more constant childlike quality. Like there's something mm-hmm. about him that hasn't grown up and not in the mm. sense of doing immature things but he just remind when i talk to him he reminds me of talking to him when he was a little kid like oh, nothing uh, he we don't have deep conversations he's not a very deep mm. person we don't have any um we just don't have conversations like that usually like when he hits me up he's hitting me up to share some silly comedy video some silly mm. comedy picture he mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. about him that is still childlike, even though he got a wife and kid and he got to own his house. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, even though yeah. he's an adult in the sense of responsibility, he still has a childlike quality about him. Mm-hmm. So I think adapting to him being an adult is not as urgent mm-hmm. right, 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 <laughs> as the right, other right. one. Because this, right. this, the other one, honey, we always have <laughs> deep, deep conversations about right, misogyny, right. patriarchy, and you know, we, we, you know, we sparring yeah. back and forth with um, depth of conversation. But the, but the, but the middle one, honey, he is giving very. I'm gonna out of uh, uh, what is what's the old song? Um, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> <laughs> is, he's giving very yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audience, mm-hmm. what are y'all adapting mm-hmm. to in mm-hmm. your lives as you get older? Um, what are you adapting to now? What are you mm-hmm. opting out of? Let us know. Hashtag yeah. Marcia's Plate. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. 
anything else please do i have to play sarah mclaughlin and show you puppies like what do i have to do do i have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money <laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show a while ago we talked about this pew research study that talked about trans folks. And I think some of the main things that came out of that was like, oh, the majority of black people, you know, believe that trans rights have come just about right or should be further. And so there's more uh, from that actual study. Some of their key findings included that, um, I mean, some other findings in that report included black Americans are, this is using their language, uh, black Americans are critical of the progress of women's equality in the U.S. About seven in 10 black adults say that the United States has not gone far enough in giving women equal rights with men. And among those who say this, a quarter say it's not too or not at all likely that there will be equal rights between women and men in the future. Also, black Americans are more likely to have egalitarian views about gender roles than their houses of worship. Black adults believe that mothers and fathers who live in the same household should share parenting, 86%, and financial responsibility, 73%. However, the majority of Black Americans who attend religious services at least a few times a year say that their congregations are more likely to emphasize men's financial role in the family and involvement in Black communities as role models than women's family and community roles. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. It, to me, it, it, it signals like more potential for a coalition building. Anyway, mm. what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, those are a lot of numbers. Um, Tell me what you what which one do you want me to speak on first? Which I thought? think the first I think the first one would be nearly six in ten Black adults say Black organizations should address the challenges Black LGBTQ people face. So six in ten, so sixty percent. Sixty percent. That's a positive um, number. Oh, yeah. I'm actually sorry. proud of that number. Yeah, that's a big number. I'm sorry, I had no brain was being reversed. Yeah, that's like you know that's sixty percent. Say six out of ten. Yep. Okay, I I would have thought that it would have been lower, but I'm more of a pessimist, so that I'm more I'm kind of happy that it's. I wish it was like eighty, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, wish it was exactly. like ninety, ninety hundred. If I was wishing, I but mean, it just furthers dismiss this myth about black people being more homophobic. And then white people or other folks. It's like, it's like, huh? Well, we know that is anti-blackness, and oh yeah, we, we know. I, I always give the analogy. Remember, I, I I give the analogy of if you're LGBT in the water, and imagine you a little fish, you're you're LGBT, and the little, this is represented. But then the shark is chasing you. Okay, the shark represents homophobia like cishet homophobic attitudes mm -hmm. and it's chasing you around this water trying to eat you now right in that moment that you're being chased by the shark it is that is the most dire threat right there in that right. moment exactly exactly because it's chasing you and shit i gotta get out of here it reminded me of finding nemo when that shark was chasing you <laughs> but <laughs> but imagine the shark and the fish the water the polluted water that they're in is racism yes this homophobic big ass shark is trying to chase you and eat you and it feels like right there 
this the most because this is the most imminent danger or the one that's affecting you the most you're not understanding that the racism is affecting both of y'all and going to kill both of y'all exactly because and, and i think yeah. It's in the whole polluted environment around you. So it may not, exactly. you may think that, oh, you, you may be a gay person that can come out your mouth and say, oh, I've never been called a faggot by a white person. It was always black people that was harming me. Mm -hmm. While that mm -hmm. may be actually true, the reason why y'all, why y'all was stuck in the same ghettos was because of racism. Why you were stuck mm -hmm. at that school that didn't have resources for y'all to be engaged <laughs> yeah. that because yeah. you know so and yeah wanna, you may but because you may not know those details you as a as a student may not know how racism is affecting you all you see is this boy bullying you because you know because you're mm -hmm. gay and you're queer so it seems like that's the more imminent danger but y'all all you and the bully are being affected by racism mm -hmm. and stuck in this situation so i always say Absolutely. that also there's a segment of folks who of black folks who are living kind of isolated, not growing up around, living around other black people. That too. And when you're getting that white facing information about what is LGBTQ stuff, what is trans stuff, it can also predispose folks to think <laughs> that black people are more homophobic or more transphobic based on that white facing stuff. I think it's important too, not just for black folks, obviously for us that's living in communities around other black people, because you're right, not, I mean, as you said, it's proximity, right? But for also for folks who are getting this perception mm -hmm. might not be in community and think the only kind of black LGBT people that might seem safe are those who have proximity to whiteness or have proximity to, you know, it's important for them to know what y'all to know the the stats show <laughs> that is absolutely false you know what i mean like right you know what i'm saying like it's important for people to understand that like don't drink the kool-aid even you know? if you feel you know that i that you just something in your gut feels that the black people are just wearing you out more there is a you know a fictitious kinship that we all have that respectability politics pushes us to push each other to do whatever is respectable and mm -hmm. being a homosexual overall because we live in a patriarchal cishet world being a homosexual to most people to that 40 percent <laughs> is not respectable like they like they literally talk about it as it's something that is negative to reflects negatively on the community that's why these hoteps is talking about um fine ass jonathan majors is looking effeminate yeah. in his wow yeah it, folks are losing like are going in on the internet and it's like Hit dogs holler, homie, because nobody <laughs> ain't like, nothing about that man looking masculine with that body and them roses looking fine. <laughs> but they're crazy. They think that yeah. being effeminate um, looks makes the man look negative. Being a and masculine woman makes the woman look negative. That is that is that's the that that respectability politics is rooted in the patriarchal white supremacist ideal and so mm -hmm. and and fundamental christian ideal and so we and have to be targeted. careful we are in a time where russia <laughs> you know what i'm saying or whatever coitel pro kind of stuff is happening i don't even right? think that i think i no, think that that's an element but i think that they're doing it to themselves too i know but i'm saying the the point of their thing is to push on points of legit discontent and push it further. So mm. everybody that got a legit gripe, they push 
further. That's why I was saying, like, you got your MAGA people on the right, but you also had people on some extreme nonsense on the, on the left, and you also have people on extreme nonsense. So, like, the culture of the extreme nonsense is a part of, when people was playing them Facebook games a couple years ago, and being like, my favorite color, and my birthday, and all, those a lot of those were funded by this company called Cambridge Analytica, and they were getting psychological profiles on people on how to push people Right. And so yeah. that's why all of a sudden on social media, you were seeing this wild stuff, which should have been a sign for a lot of us to say, where, why did this come from nowhere? Well, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is, are we, the, the stakes get higher and higher and higher of extreme. And so it's just something to keep in mind because, you know, like, you know, there's going to be more of this, especially with the politics going on with the Republicans in control of Congress to just keep that in mind. Like, you know, talk to your people. You know, you got a friend that's saying something. Just re let them know. Hey, yo, this this is like there's this is real. Psychological, also, it's like, a couple of yeah. things. It's a capitalist capitalistic spin too, because oh, yeah. people are making money, uh, absolutely, based on clicks and views and da 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 da. Yeah. And they know that they there's certain certain right, and they 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 know that this kind of content is going to get them a certain amount of clicks and certain amount of views we see it in the shade room but we also see it on our individual level there are people who will give their hot takes just and these are normal people these are not no big money making right. um right. people like the shade room or t tmz or blah 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 the individuals who will just say something because they know they know that their particular group of people is going to respond to it they're going to get the mm -hmm. most likes in the comments on facebook get the most likes in the comments on instagram get the TikTok is going to give them more um you know more visibility and i think mm -hmm. that for me I think you just got to have integrity, but, but, but like you said, the, the, the problem with it being really clickbaity and it, the money being into how many views you get, I think that those extreme outlaying outlining, um, ideologies and outlining ideas. That's why we would have a moment where somebody would actually believe that trans people would be against natural woman song when most of us right. would right. never say that. Right. That and is folks such are getting that folks are getting that. And, and a part of that is because you have people pushing some, especially younger people at one point who were like, no, nah, like I'm, you know, saying some really extreme shit about trans shit and mm -hmm. they were incorrect. Right. But they were yeah. also being targeted through YouTube, through TikTok, through all these different social media channels. Cause all you need is a fringe. Do you get right. what I'm saying? To keep folks to be like, to keep that kind of up in the ether of, see, see, there's evidence because you got trans people saying crazy shit or you got black people saying crazy shit or you got this minor, this this marginalized community saying really yeah. extreme shit that don't make no fucking sense. You know what I'm saying? And then we're in our right? bubbles. We're not trying to learn exactly. for real, for real. Exactly. We just want to believe the, the negative goal. each other. This is encouraging to see 60% of black people saying, mm -hmm. hey, what the hell? Like, yeah, black people. <laughs> We need to work on this shit internally within our community because they can see that we also are getting left behind by white LGBT folks, I'm sure, in a way that they probably have not seen before with us having more visibility. Homophobic black people erase our blackness when they know we are LGBT because they don't have the the lgbt status to be they feel like we should choose blackness over that no because we mm -hmm. we've learned from black women we've learned from multiple groups that you cannot choose because you're good the other side of you is going to be thrown in the bus and once they get through the door they're gonna turn their back on you
We know mm -hmm. that that's how it works. And so for me, I don't feel like they they think about it. I don't feel like they're, they're seeing us get thrown under the bus because of our race. They don't see the internal battle for us to get um, respected as Black queer people in queer spaces. They don't see that kind of battle and those kind of conversations happening. I think that they ignore that. But, uh, black people, I'm talking about white people, but black people, I think because they feel like gayness privileges us, we see this with Dave Chappelle in the conversations about Dave Chappelle and what he was saying, the ignorance behind what he was saying, they feel like gayness privileges us because we're making strides and gayness getting protections now shit protections that blackness had in the 60s <laughs> we just got the discrimination protectives in 2020 but officially black people mm -hmm. got it in um during the civil rights act and so in that regards we don't see um, they don't see it as yo we just got it in 2020 and y'all had it for all these 70 years and but they think that we are getting privileged by being LGBT. But I guess I'm because to me it's still since there's going to be a segment of the population that believes that because in the in the mainstream media culture the people they see a lot of times is mostly white people. That's what I'm saying. That's where I'm coming from with that. Is that I think because there's been more visibility into black like being LGBT quote unquote. But is they think that's a win for us. The fact that black LGBT, that the fact that black people today are saying we believe black organizations should work on LG, black LGBT issues, mm -hmm. I think is possibly a reflection of the fact that there has been extreme progress for white middle class and up people who are trans. You know what I'm saying? Just like this happened in the set. Like there's extreme progress for white women in the seventies who were professionals and had a certain class status and da 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 da. Right? Because who was benefiting the of, in the eighties off of affirmative action. Well yeah. yeah, but I'm saying like the type of changes, right, were for people that work at corporations initially. And that, that, that that's how it happens with a lot of stuff, right? Even with some of the legislation that happened in the sixties around black folks. Right. It was like it don't always trickle down, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. saying to your point. Right. And they think some people thinking we're getting all the same benefits. So that's a part of the problem, because what is the mainstream LGBT put out? It'd be white people that seem well off. like these images of what it means of the progress don't look like us. And I think some people in our community, if they not, if that's all they seeing, are getting, you know what I'm saying? Plus, you got the trolls. I think that's a part of it. I think that's always been a problem. And I think that's always been an issue rather. As what is the work? Visibility, you know? What is the work to get them to have a more intersectional lens? I think it's black in people. That 60%. I think it's reflected in that 60%. And I've, you know, and I've always said like a part of my work has always been, and for me, <laughs> has always been to do try to do work with folks who are not trans and not LGBT in the black community and move those conversations. And a lot of times what I do here, I have heard over the years, is that that white, you know, what I see is white people with money being like, I'm gay, you better and I'm and I'm gonna use weaponize it sometimes to put you in your place, black person. So that's a part of, <laughs> depending on where you at, depending on where you live, depending on your situation, depending on what your social situation is. I think that's an element of that. But what I'm, I think the solution, a part of it is the 60% of black people saying, we got to have a conversation at black, black organizations to address LGBT issues. I think that's encouraging, you know, because then that's us having that conversation. If they bring us in to have that conversation. Right. But I'm saying I'm, I think 
60% of black people saying that they think we should do that is, is helpful. It's yeah, encouraging. absolutely. You know, uh, but it could be influenced. I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I think maybe some of that 60% can also see like, oh man, we ain't really seen no black people <laughs> over the last mm -hmm. 10 years with all this progress and TV shows and this and that, and all the th you know what I mean? Like we ain't seeing us, we ain't seeing my cousins, but I do see my cousins in my neighborhood because 30 something percent of black people say I know trans people. But they might that might not match to what they see as progress on TV. And we have to also make a, a there's a, some nuance sense. to this statistic. While that is about gay shit, there yeah. is no consensus about black that black people have about trans people. When it comes to acceptance, oh. yeah, if you look at one of the key top key points in that it's literally no consensus about it like they don't have a consensus as far as trans it's kind of it's nothing that's like nah, well yeah all together yeah but 30 percent this is the one i think we talked about before it was like 30 36 percent believe that uh society has not gone far enough when it comes to accepting trans people and 31 percent of black folks said uh society has been about right when it comes to accepting trans people and then 29 percent said yeah so that's all that's like a third yeah. a third a third yeah, so the, yeah, everything you, is you. equal so there's no really consensus yeah. about yeah. us where so yeah. we aren't at the 60 percent as mm -hmm. trans people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as Absolutely. as the as far as the gay yeah. community Absolutely. that indicates yeah. that that how separate you know and this this is another indication how leaving us behind does not work remember right. during the end of they were asking them yep. to to throw Hold us up. under can the you, bus come on can you tell them what Inda is so Inda was a bill god what is i can't okay, remember what that stands for say it again who was ending non-discrimination act yes it was in it's no discrimination in regards that's to the, what it stood for yeah right for in regards to the workforce right yep and so and they, we got that like, now in 2020 in june of 2020 the supreme court ruled that we are a part of when it says no discrimination against sex so yes we got that now yep. but prior when this early in this fight late 90s early 2000s they were trying to they were um pushing like prop bills 2008 all that kind of stuff so it'd be prop a proposition this all across the country there was these different things to protect lgbt people in the workforce okay state by state state by state but in that process of the legislations keep getting passed uh, or keep getting pushed up the argument that they were having, some lawmakers were saying, well, we'll let y'all get through, you cis, you cis homosexuals, <laughs> you know, the regular gays, but not these transsexuals. Hold, hold on, hold on. It wasn't just the lawmakers. It was some of the people leading. Some of the people too. <laughs> right. No, because no, let's be clear. They were like, there were folks that were like, no, we will not win the strategist if we include trans people, let's be clear. Like it's not lawmakers. No, no, no. Okay, I, that's oh. fair. You're right. It <laughs> right. was. It, it definitely was, a mix was of people things, too. Right. <laughs> right. It was a mix of people who thought including trans people is a bad strategy. 
just like we've seen in different situations where people are like, if we include the black people, we ain't gonna win. If we include these people, we ain't gonna win. So they thought if we include trans people, mm-hmm. we're not gonna get this. Just pass. like when they put Ida B. Wells, when the women's suffragists was marching mm-hmm. and they Absolutely. put Ida B. Wells and the other black women in the back of the march yep. because the white yeah. women said, we know that the men that we're trying to convince might be racist. <laughs> we know, not we know they might, we know they are racist. And if they see black women in the mix with us, that's gonna not get us across the finish line. <laughs> it's and the same concept. Didn't even include black women in anything, and we're calling you know black women all kinds of things, and black and black men too, but a child of God because you know we give you know you know hey no we just want white women to vote because we don't want these savages to come. Because how dare y'all give these black men these niggas exactly. the right before us? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So exactly. yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> LJ is absolutely right. It wasn't just the lawmakers. It was um, it was the people community. as well. Yeah. And so they were negotiating whether or not to include trans people. And other organizers was like, no, no, we're not leaving them behind. We're not doing that. Da, 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 da. So there was elements of back and forth. And so yeah. this is a clear indication of how it does not work in our favor to leave us behind and out of the conversation. Because what happens is one group moves forward faster than the other. That's why we see these numbers, how they are, where 60% are saying, yes, gay folks should da 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 be, you know, we need to work on getting their rights together. So mm-hmm. that's a clear indication that we have not went as far as the LG and the B. The T mm-hmm. is still left behind and still got work to do in the minds of black people. A couple other uh, things before we wrap this up. Most black adults say feminism has an impact on women's rights. Um, 79% said it's very important for women to have equal rights as men. The 76% say feminist movement has done a great deal or fair amount to advance women's rights. And 49% said um uh, feminism has helped black women. And then there's a little bit more of a, of a breakdown around that too, where they said um, about, well, this also, this is like, I guess not encouraging or like, I'm not surprised by some of these uh, stats around black folks being like, you know, when you ask us the question a certain kind of way, being like, oh yeah, of course, like you know what I'm saying, versus like something that's general, like that's not actually meant for us. Kind of like how the SATs weren't meant for us, and then they turn around and say black people are some kind of way. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens often uh, for us too with some of these things. But here we go. About one, about eight and ten non-black Hispanic adults say it's very important for women to have equal rights with men. Seventy-nine percent, um, and that was just the majority. Say. Um, those are the same stats, my bad. Um, and the his, they say the history uh, provides context for the findings around some of the tension that has existed. It says two thirds, 68% of black adults view feminism as empowering, but 48% would not use the term feminist to describe themselves. Ooh, I thought that was interesting That's, that's a good point for what I'm gonna talk about later. I think that's a good point. Um, yeah. But I think that's a, I think, I think what we're we're sharing, like think about the feminist movement, think about, because I guess that kind of came into, 
it really came to its peak in the early 1900s okay because women's suffrage happened like for white women in 1920 um um and and then continue to fight and black women didn't get their rights until the 60s um so we're seeing that all the way from that early 1900s all the way till now early 2000s <laughs> so in that in in that regards 100 years we have finally gotten to the point where we are at 80 percent that people feel like women should have equal rights okay we got to 80 percent in 100 years you agree uh, uh black people or the general public that I think in that in that always um, had a little bit more of a nuanced view because we always have to work you know what i'm saying so I think, like, yeah, we, I think we always had some more. But the people that they are counting in this in this particular um, mm. research stat. So mm. in that stat, it's we've gotten to eighty. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like that's a hundred years. We got to eighty. Mm -hmm. If we're going by that timeline, in order for gay people, even though you know trans folks had a foot in a start in that movement <laughs> in order for gay people what the the time that the sexual revolution had where gay people were coming out of the dark that was during stonewall that's what everybody claiming right in in america in, in the yep, the dominant social structure narrative yes. just like the 60s were the summer of love yeah yes general social narrative yes. yes yes that's a general social narrative so it is not until if we go by that 100 year timeline that the that the women's rights movement have done we won't get full at 80 to the 80 we're at 60 now right we're at 60 you just said for the black folks it was 60 that they agreed the gay folks if we go yeah. by that we still got till the 60s the 2060s to get to the 80 percent i mean i don't know i don't know i don't know i mean yes and i guess i mean i don't know i don't know because if we're like, using the women's rights movement as as a as a gauge of how long but, it takes for the culture to change but the culture and that what i'm saying well i guess what i'm saying is black people have always been more progressive so in our communities we even though we still had different stuff like you had black women have leadership roles within church leader black women's club there's always black women have always had like there's always there's always been a push and pull internally in our community against the general social structure and trying to like respectability copy it right versus like mm -hmm. the shit we doing so i don't know i guess i'm a little i'm a little i'm a little i don't know uh, while yes i do agree on a sense on some level that black people are more progressive usually we usually are pushing cutting pushing the envelope before other people's get along get yeah. get along with the boat but generally i don't i don't feel like it's decades behind I don't think think the people are decades behind. I still think oh, when we think about mm -hmm. bigger picture of time, where mm -hmm. you feel what I'm saying, yes, like in 1900, you know, yes, black people, black women probably was like, yo, why women can't get, if we're doing the same job, why the fuck we can't get respect and do getting paid the same amount of money? And da da da. I'm pretty sure there was something like that, mm -hmm. but I don't think that white women was far behind that thought. Is is it, I don't think that uh, I don't uh, think so. I think that there was there was <laughs> women who there was white women too who were of course who yeah. wanted who was feeling the pressures of patriarchy. So it, I I don't want to say that of they course. didn't have 
you know, the thought of this isn't fair. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. So I think that it's not that and they also were like and black people are human beings yes 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 so i I think where where racism may have held them back and black women didn't have the privilege of racism so it didn't held them back at all we want all the privilege in patriarchy and racism we want we want to dismantle both of these systems so racism can hold white women back in that sense yes so that's why i said it doesn't i don't want to say that equal i think we're a little bit more progressive than them but I don't think they're so far behind that we can't gauge in a hundred year span. Do you see what I'm saying? I, in, in, if we're talking about the time span, I don't think they're so far behind that. Oh my God, they're that the, what I'm the point that I'm trying to make would not be reasonable. So mm-hmm. I think if we go, if we use the women's movers as as an example, I think we got to 2060 to get to that 80 percent. If we're if we're already at the 60, I just I just think that that is a possible. In terms of the type of how when when we are when we are expected to get to that eighty to that seventy nine that you just named, how can we get the majority of the people? Because that's for women's rights, right? How can we get for the LGBT rights? How how long can we expect to get to that eighty percent in the culture? If if the women's movement is the is the is a litmus right, test the barometer yeah, yeah, yeah barometer yeah. then we got to the 19 to not to 19 the 2060s <laughs> the 2060s yeah. so um i don't know i feel like we we're on the i don't know if we're on the right track but it feels like i feel the as slow as stuff is going like i've been around since uh, the 90s and so as slow as stuff is going we just got a show with trans people on it i mean you know what i'm saying it's slow <laughs> So I, I mean, it's, it's it's slow and it's fast. You know what I mean? It's like it's slow and 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 just like in the seventies, the type of progress because we're talking about uh, because you know, like you know, there's different kinds of feminism. Liberal feminism is like we changing the policies so folks can get jobs and corporate and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. be okay. You know, but I think it's, I don't know. There's a lot of similarities between. The movement around trans folks in particular and mm-hmm. in my opinion in the movement around women's rights in the 70s yes. in terms of like who is centered the types of stuff folks are working for and how that trickles down and you know where you you know like there's a there's a lot of similar i think there's a lot of things we can learn from that time but i think it's encouraging to, for here black people say we should have that conversation and not have it be Oh, let's be in coalition with the white LGBT people, but no, us be in coalition with black folks who are LGBT in our community, or you know what I'm saying, like and support each other because we have us having our own shit. I think is critically important to how we gonna shift the culture in our community because there's just always gonna be that segment of white people that are gonna weaponize their identity, whether it's white women, whether it's white gay people. Well, it don't matter. White folks who are marginalized communities, you always gonna have a segment of folks who are gonna weaponize it against black people. And I think us having our own conversations that center us <laughs> is great, is the best way to, to change that. Cause we gotta, I don't wanna be, def- I don't defend foolishness. But anyway, yes, excited about this, these survey results. Let us know what you think. Do you think like Diamond? Hey, we about six, but we got, we got, what are we in 2020? When climate change, when the, when the world about to end climate, they're going to accept gay people. They're going to be like, oh, we accept every 80%, 80%. 
you know, 80% of when the support. When the tornadoes yeah. start coming and the hurricanes start coming and the new ice age start coming and we get <laughs> yeah, and, and the whole, when they can't deny global warming anymore, then they're going to say, oh, we should have gave the gains rights. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, because that's what listen, that's what the white women said about abortion. We should have listed these black women who said, Don't just have a fight in the courts, you got to fight this in other places. You can't put your eggs in one basket. Black women activists said that for years. The white women now nah. say, Oh, we should have listened. Nah, they're gonna blame I mean, us for global thing, warming. You know? No, they, I, I just yeah. thought about it. They're gonna blame us. They're gonna say, we, Oh, no, this is God, this is God bringing the wrath because we accepted these. Things. Oh, the rapture. Oh, no, <laughs> So let, let us know. Hashtag Marshall's play. Do you, like Diamond, do you believe that we're going to get to 2066 and the world going to be doing whatever it's doing? Or, you know, do you think it's a little nuanced or something or whatever? Am I romanticizing and thinking black people are so progressive? Let us know. Hashtag Marshall's play. In the arm of what we were just talking about, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was, I came across this video and it was quite interesting. Um, you know, just a really, you know, a short little clip, somebody making a little point and, and they were discussing the prevalence of homosexuality. Okay. Oh, the Lord. prevalence of LGBT people, period, like in general, in the population. And I was like, and in the, in the conversation, she was like, some dude came up under my, um, I'm under my post and said that all straight men are gay. <laughs> and then she posted in the video clip, she put a screenshot of what the gay boy actually said and what, how she interpreted it was not <laughs> what he said. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Of course not. Of course not. Right. And he was like, the conversation that she was having was about, um, DL men and all this kind of stuff. And the gay boy was just mm. basically telling her the problem with y'all is y'all think all of these dudes who are quote unquote masculine are straight. And there'd be a lot, tons of straight boys that be messing yeah. around. That's that. And so he was like, you are, you can't believe that just because a person is performing their masculinity in a certain way that they don't have the potential to be doing, you know, homosexual stuff too. <laughs> And so that's anyway, basically what that's how folks get it. Homosexual stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. I was like, hmm, I haven't really, I've looked it up in years past, but I haven't really looked up any new um in new stuff in regards to the prevalence of homosexuality. What we have learned is that there are there is an uptick to 7.5, percent in people identifying as LGBT in the USA. It used to be in 20, you know, back in um, 2020 when they did the same poll, it used to be 5.6. One yeah, in five Gen Z adults identify as, identify as LGBT. And of course, bisexual identification is the most common. What I found quite interesting is how they broke it down in regards to generation. Right now, people who were who are Gen Z, 20 percent, 20, almost 21, 20.8, 20 20% of people identify as LGBT and 75 identify as straight in Gen Z. Millennials is 10%, which is kind of interesting because I remember when I was younger, 
that was always the stat. It's only 10% of gay people. It was oh, always oh, listen. The LGBT organization at University of Wisconsin Madison, that's where I went to school, was called mm -hmm. the Ten Percent Society. That's what it was called. Was the ten percent for that ten percent? And they were yeah, it was always ten percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. So yep. Generation X, the ones mm -hmm. right before uh, millennials, right before us, they mm -hmm. are four point two percent. Um, mm -hmm. boomers are 2.6 you know they repressed mm -hmm. ass <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> of course mm -hmm. it's gonna be too so mm -hmm. uh, what i what i found i just thought that that was so so it's so interesting and oh, so when identify i was happy, ass. identify mm -hmm. ass so let's right. go back to right. there's something else right. that i wanted to bring up mm -hmm. because also recent studies have shown the williamson institute said that this was an interesting thing that they found adults are two to three times more likely to say that they had a same-sex attraction or engage in same-sex behavior than they are to identify as lesbian gay or bisexual so i think this is a, kind of funny <laughs> because what it's basically saying is that they'll be doing some gay stuff but they're not saying that they're gay they're not saying that they're lesbian they're not saying that they're gay men they're not saying that they're bisexual they're not saying anything like that yeah women are substantially more likely than men to identify as bisexuals yeah. we know that we think that mm -hmm. i would believe that you feel what i'm saying mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. men don't are not gonna they could be doing the most honey <laughs> the most gay sex stuff and will not say not say that they're gay not saying that they're not women out here that doing you know cis women that are playing in these streets and will it's still hold on to the identity that's a real thing too. that is a real thing and so in in that conversation that i were having with those people under that video i was saying first of all you're not reading what he's saying right anyway he's not saying that mm -hmm. all straight men are gay what he's saying right. is what y'all have to understand since y'all so worried about y'all man's being homosexual <laughs> that everybody has the potential it's not just the men on films three snaps in a right. z formation right. type of gays oh, wow. out here and mm. if you actually talk to gays and look at the gay culture particularly men like literally you go to their apps they literally say they look there's a there's a contention there's some um tension in between femme gay men and masculine gay men because mm -hmm. they'll be on their fucking profiles talking about mask for mask masculine for masculine mm -hmm. i don't like i don't like gay gay men i'm not gay right. gay like that i ain't going to no balls i ain't wearing no girl clothes i ain't wearing no that's too gay there's a whole sector mm -hmm. of gay men mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. perform masculinity for the intent mm -hmm. of being attractive they will act more masculine than they would in the, in the normal setting just to get some dick <laughs> they will act more uh -huh. you know they literally because they know that people fetishize that masculine behavior and that masculine you know not being a twink is actually okay. in in that community and so mm -hmm. there literally are tons of people who acting straight is there is their CeeLo to get men even you know straight boys like to fuck around with me because we can go to the gym together and nobody will know <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. so it'll be it's a whole thing yeah that yeah for me 
I was like, I, I just don't understand how this is. We were having the DL conversation in the early 2000s. Why are you still worried about that in the sense of still fooled by that kind of performance? Why are you still fooled by performance? There are tons of men out here doing their thing and you don't know because they're not comfortable telling you because they know right. you're a homophobe. Right, right, yep. <laughs> and so what I wanna ask you is, I feel like these numbers, these numbers and to me is a clear reflection on our work as LGBT people. I feel like mm -hmm. people being able mm -hmm. to and being comfortable to be open yeah. and have these open conversations is the work of the people in the past, before me, before you, our work, because we not no young spring chickens out here, the work that we did back in the day <laughs> to get people, to get people thus far. We have been we okay. have been passed the yeah. torch and we pat you know, we're carrying the torch exactly. now and we're gonna pass it to somebody else. I think the work that we have done to get to this point where people can be out the closet and be yep. and feel safe these numbers going up is a reflection is the fruit of our labor absolutely absolutely how do we translate to the layman motherfucker how do we translate because they're seeing this as this is a new thing popping up but this is just real motherfuckers it's kind of like the natural hair movement like you're seeing more natural hair because of the work of people from the 70s making froze be in the 60s making natural hair be a thing yes there's going to be some regression like that happened in the 80s and the perm and the curl da, 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 da. but now we see a new resurgence of people um wearing their natural hair it's similar to that you're gonna see mm. more lgbt people and mm. it's not a fad it's not a trend and how do we see i don't know how do we how do we convey that to the layman Mm. that is not just a trend because i just keep seeing these same conversations i think um that's what i was trying to get at earlier there's bots and trolls that are specifically targeting folks with legit grievances or concerns and then taking the shit to the extreme and so there are literally any extreme shit they think that sound crazy there are literally bots and trolls out there with websites or videos or something confirming their bullshit. And that's what I was trying to get at earlier. There's literally boss and trolls out here, literally, you know what I'm saying? Like they working hard to like kick up dust around nonsense. And so that's what's scary right now. There's a lot of disinformation targeting black people and taking grievances and just blowing it up to the extreme shit. This Jonathan Major shit, this thing right here, right? And it's like, this is, that's how you go from zero to 60. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? But How do you right, combat like, that? I think combating it is 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 conversations with folks, you know. Um, but also I think more folks naming like, yo, there's a lot of disinformation out here. Like, where are you getting your information from? You know what I mean? And like asking people, where are you getting your shit? And check out what video they sent. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And like kind of pushing. But back. if they if they don't believe you, because yeah, you you say that you wherever you get your information is legit, but I don't believe them. I believe them. So right. what if somebody gives you I, that? I think I think the way that I I navigate this because I gotta de I deal with this in my own I'm black so I deal with this in my own family everybody deal with it <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah but the way that I deal with it in the way that I approach it is like at centering us as black people 
these folks are serious about information warfare. These people are serious about Pro on some really massive fucking scale. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with psychological warfare. Like, it's a real thing. And so I frame it that way. To some of the folks that be on some, I'm so pro-black that I think women should be subservient. I'm so pro-black that I think everything that's not some bullshit that I'm drinking Kool-Aid around mimicking white cis patriarchy bullshit and oppressive shit. And if you're not for that, then you're not for the black family shit. That kind of like, you know, you know, popular culture, hotel crazy shit. Like, that's how I come to that conversation. And I come to it armed with shit and be like, this is this, we dealing with this information, homie. Like, if you, you got to understand, they want your ass to be distracted. When you're distracted, people can go past all the laws and do all the things. And next thing you know, they rolling up on you. First, they but you're using the, the same language yeah. that they use to their, their, that language is, oh, they want you to be distracted. They use that same language too. So how do, how do they differ? If somebody is a person who is open to change, how do they differentiate you saying that and then some um brother polite or umar right, johnson exactly, or whoever exactly. these niggas that is saying they want you to be distracted because it is you see using the same language how do we get to people how do we get to those people i think i think i think a part of it is i mean some people you just not gonna get to but I do think, <laughs> how, you, how, how are you in community with people i think some of it is like how are you in community with people if you're all you know i think the, you know you got to do what makes sense for you like if your proximity and conversation is mostly online then that's a different conversation than i'm in community with you in in the like in the community like where i'm from like like where 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 Milwaukee is at right now, you have black people who are LGBT. You got younger people who are ally. Like folks are kind of having those conversations. Not just younger people are having those conversations and start start you know in some places. So I think we have to. I think a part of it is like trying to build a build spaces where we can have those conversations. I mm -hmm. think that's a part of it because the reason you know a lot of stuff was effective in the 70s and all that kind of stuff because people had consciousness raising circles they didn't say you just know the shit. being able to like facilitate more ways for us to have conversations on our terms at least we know from movement work in the past that move moving having opportunities for education and to like facilitate education in community spaces is a thing that helps move those conversations and people see that we in this shit together we got to gather our own people. I think I remember back in the HIV days and when we were really trying to educate people on, um, you know, the risk is risk of HIV and, you know, really educate people on how it actually actually can, can get caught where, you know, during that time where they were throwing, you know, the kids come home and they got HIV, they were throwing the dishes away, you know, during that yep. era. I think yeah. that there was a strategy um a, a grassroots strategy where people were you know having little pizza parties at their house where they were you know ha gathering together with 10 to you know 10 people you know just having a party and really talking about educating on that and doing that multiple times where it's just small and you can be really direct it's intimate and you can say hey somebody i have a question it doesn't feel like some big old auditorium right. of people you ain't got to be ashamed this is your people you can um yeah. really sit down and i think we really have to be active in our um in our strategy with gathering our own people and saying hey let's have this little conversation about this and mm -hmm. really bring really put that in your strategy 
in regards to like if you have small gathering, put that in there. Talk about mm-hmm. LGBT folks. Talk about queer mm-hmm. things. Talk. Bring some of the mm-hmm. the things that moved you over to the left. The things that moved you over that educated you and gave you a more in depth knowledge. Share Marsha's play an episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean you know? like because the LGBT ink and any kind of formal shit that shit can be intimidating for anybody. If somebody say this is your point of entry to. LGBT something or women's studies something or women's stuff and it's like super formal and connected to academia or the social structure of white stuff and not necessarily centering us yeah. that's gonna turn some people off you know what yeah. I'm saying and like rightfully so because it's like okay but what about that ain't focused that's not centering us you as a person that's in community with them they may (laughs) trust you and your word more than some academic person blah 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 so you sitting down and talking to people me sitting down and having um black feminist conversations with my brother and really explaining him i'm not gonna do that with some random 40% person that's against LGBT people. (laughs) You see that with that 40% that don't fuck with us i'm not doing that but i will do it with my brother Diamond, you remember a couple episodes ago when I told you my cousin was like, so you got a dick? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like. And this is, that's your people. That's your cousin. That's your auntie. Right. And so, yes, you do that work so that. Exactly. Trans man Tyrone that she run into. I don't care the attitude. I don't care the attitude of. I I don't, I'm emotional labor. I'm not doing that work type of shit with my people. I don't care the attitude with my people. Now, I, I I have a boundary around it. Yeah. Okay. But I don't carry that attitude. I carry that attitude when I'm in formal spaces that I'm on the clock. I carry that attitude for that. I think some folks might get that a little, you know, do you, but I think some people kind of get a little weird to me. And that is, a, again, a distraction on purpose right now because they won't want us having these conversations in the community. Yeah. They, won't, they, won't ask, they want a segment of our young people, especially to be like, well, you don't believe this, but well, you're a transphobic. You don't believe yeah. that, you're homophobic. And it's like, no, 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 no. Responding to my cousin asking me if I have a dick, if I had that attitude, I would be like, I'm shutting you down. I'm not even talking to you ever again. Right. That like that And then she sense. asking the next trans person, do exactly. they have a dick? Right. And so <laughs> it's like this, I'm I'm a, I'm in community with my family. I'm like, I'ma just I'm gonna talk to you. You know, hey, that's inappropriate. Let me tell you what. You got a uterus. You got a you know, like let's talk about it, right? See what Queen and Jay was on (laughs) podcast called Strange Fruit, and they were saying Mm -hmm. that is a communal thing. When we when we when a nigga is out here wilding, we it was um Jay and Queen was like, Mm -hmm. if a nigga's out here wilding, it's our it's our saying to say, Who man's is this? This yours, this is yours, this your people. Who the who who brought this motherfucker here? Why you ain't getting your people? Who nigga is this? And mm-hmm. that is a cultural thing that we know that mm-hmm. there's certain people that are ours. And so, mm-hmm. no, I'm not doing that labor for a motherfucker that's not mine. I don't know this exactly. nigga. I don't know exactly. this nigga up the street. Exactly. But right. motherfuckers, that is my people and my family. It is my job to wake up their consciousness. It is my job to get my people, to get my mans or to get mm-hmm. my homegirl, mm-hmm. to get whoever, because these mm-hmm. are my people. Nobody mm-hmm. is asking you to do that to the world unless you have the platform but right, we're asking right, you right. to do it to your people and that and mm-hmm. the power in that is you can't that is just so powerful to do it in your circle for me that means i'm probably going to you know whatever i ain't gonna put on with no foolishness but i'm thinking in the framework of how does this get us free and so i know that you having a little bit more information is going to help us versus you feeling defensive and being like i just got shut down 
Mm. Right. And you're going to actually probably have a little bit more awareness about other people in the community who are trans. Right. Within the black community, you know, so it's like, how do it free us? Like we got to trying sense. to get free. We're dealing with genocide out here. These people are not playing. <laughs> about, OK, about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like we we really are dealing with some serious shit. Yeah. So we really got to come together. So my question to the audience is, how are you freeing your circle of people? Where your man's at? Mm. What he doing? Where your folks at? <laughs> hey. How are you? How are you? How are they out here roaming around the streets? Who they voting for? Who, who are they marginalizing? How are you mm. enlightening them? How are you in mm. your circles? What are you doing? Mm. How are you on the grassroots level? How are you moving the needle when it comes to your circle of people, people that you care about, that you don't want out here harming people? How are you mm. moving them? How are you moving the men in a more feminist direction? How are you moving um, the cishet people in your life that you love in a more inclusive, accepting, equitable um way they are being how are you freeing them from that shackle Us. how are you freeing them <laughs> mm -hmm. if you are in community with other lgbt people how are you moving them in a direction that makes sure they're not leaving some of those letters behind some of those nuances behind how are you doing that so let us know how you're doing it hashtag marsha's plate Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria. It's a feeling and a high you never come down from. Whoa. All right, Jay. So, what has been bringing you euphoria this week? Well, in addition to my three-day weekend, because <laughs> it's President's Day. Facts. <laughs> but hey, here we are. We here. Um, I went to in my uh, in whatever. There's a night market in my area, and I didn't know it existed. And it's bringing me euphoria. So they had different vendors and food and a little beer garden thing. You know. Um, and I stopped by one of the black vendors who was selling food. They had chicken wings and two sides and the sides were like some, some, uh, macaroni and cheese and some, like some corn, you know, with like some bell peppers and stuff. Anyway, when I got home and ate this food, it was so good. Uh, it was so good. It was like, you cook this at home and your kids, it's not like, oh, this is grandma's food or like big mama, none of that. It's like auntie's food. Like, come over and play some cards. You got some spaghetti, mm. you got some chicken, you got some, you know, like it's that level, but it's good. And it just was, it just, it brought me so much joy just to like eat like some good ass home cooked, you know, like food because I do live in an area that is predominantly, predominantly, predominantly white. You know, I live in a state that's very, very, very white. So I can't just get the niceties of a home cooked meal in the same way that I could if I was back home or just stop by a black restaurant in the same kind of way for an affordable price. <laughs> so it was good. Not only support this black business, but it brought me so much, you know, it was nostalgic, you know, you know, you had those feelings. So yeah, that's my euphoria for this week is some good ass like auntie food. So mm. what about yourself, Diamond? <laughs> What's bringing you uh, euphoria oh. this week? What has been bringing me euphoria this week? 
this week is my last class for my audio oh. engineering class. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's the yeah. last one. And I haven't given y'all any updates on how, you know, I told you there was some weird shit that was happening. <laughs> mm. But the update is nothing but positive. The dudes in that class were so cool. I worked with a bunch of them. We I wasn't just stuck with one of them. I worked with okay. a bunch of them and they were so cool, cool, down to earth. Fun. They just like joke. We made different kind of music. We were just learning different stuff, and it just it has been a glorious experience. It's nothing but cishet people there that I know that they told me. Now I don't talk to them a little a little more. (laughs) Uh, It's nothing Mm -hmm. but cishet people in this circle of people, and they. And while I was nervous at first, they totally exceeded my um, expectations and. I never had any negative, negative experience. They were cool dudes. They were so fun and willing to help learn. They were learning. I was learning. Yeah. It just was an amazing, amazing experience. So this weekend, it, it, we've been doing it every Saturday since the first week of January. And so mm-hmm. this this weekend is the last um, Saturday that I get to um that I get to be with my homeboys, my musical homeboys. Aww, that's and what's up. Yeah, it was it, that that brought me euphoria this week, knowing that it wasn't a waste of money because I learned so much. That's number one. Right. It wasn't right. a waste of money and that there was no, I don't have to heal from nothing. There was no trauma. Not that there would be something that would be super bad. Well, no, but, that's that's real, though. Yeah, that's there was real. nothing traumatic. I didn't have to bend myself to anything. They yeah, uh, they were so nice to me. I wasn't trying to hide that I was trans either. Like I won't mm-hmm. say that it ever came up, but mm-hmm. I I wasn't trying to hide. <laughs> I wasn't right. trying to hide right. it. I just was kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna be myself because we're too in close proximity for any weirdness like that. So mm-hmm. I just was being diamond and just and it just turned out to be great. And I love them, mm-hmm. not love, but you know what I mean. Like really, really <laughs> like them. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, that's yeah. what brought me euphoria this week. That's what's up. So I will be on somebody <laughs> beach. For my birthday, hit me up. Yay, my birthday happy is the, birthday. Yes, my birthday <laughs> is the twenty eighth. So if you, you yeah. know, if you um want to wish your girl happy birthday, send me a a, a message, post something, so whatever. Yeah, hit me up. Um, How? yeah, thank y'all, <laughs> and we will see y'all next week. All right, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Baby, you're going to be